Hello, dudes, dudettes, duders, and everyone in between, and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. This is a potpourri episode, so we're going to go a little bit off script for this one. In fact, we're doing something that we have never done before, and at the same time doing two things that we have already done before. What am I even talking about? We're The new thing that we're doing, it's a new episode, first time we're doing this one, it's returning champions. We've got two previous guests of the Fishbowl back on the fishbowl and that's the two things that we're doing again that we're we've already done we're talking to kimberly learman and we are talking to naomi Beatty. and i think we're going to do it in that order in fact i'm deciding i'm calling it right here right now we're doing it in that order so first uh kimberly and then we have some other orders of business to get to first of all kimberly learman was the first episode re- we recorded and the fourth episode we released she was a the background extras um since then the reason we're having her back on is because since then she has uh opted into sobriety so she was uh, up in the clouds when i met her up in the clouds when we recorded and now she has her feet back on the ground and we wanted to talk to her a little bit about that process of of coming back down to earth so that that's the first one we we do uh then the next one is naomi Beatty. uh naomi and i are launching a brand new podcast it's a little bit more niche than this one um looks like i'm getting uh text messages so let me turn that off it's a little bit more niche than this one it's more for screenwriters and filmmakers in particular and also for people who love talking movies and what we do on it is hey you know what why 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 don't i just go ahead and bury the lead you'll hear us talk all about it on her uh conversation after we listen to kimberly learman other order of business yes and uh, i'm that's the fishbowl that i'm hitting now for emphasis other order of business is we had a follow-up question from the sonia piper dosti episode the question was and somewhere in there i expressed that I had come back to America because I was displeased with the stratification of uh, political and social dialogue in this country. That is true. The rumors you have heard are here and now confirmed. I am distressed by the stratification of, uh, of the public discourse in my home country. And I wanted to come back and tr- first try to figure out what in the heck was going on over here. Things have heated up. They are continuing to heat up since I got back. I have not solved this, uh, this, this, what I perceive as a problem. Um, but, but I'm very curious in, in regarding how, how we go about trying to solve it. So, uh, a large manifestation of that is me st- trying my level best to stay open to, uh, to, uh, to ideas that that um, that I might not agree with, and even to ideas that are that are fundamentally antithetical to who I am as a person. That means talking to people that I wouldn't normally talk to, and exploring ideas that I wouldn't normally explore. <clears throat> Faith-based filmmaking was exactly that was me stepping outside of my box, and we've we've got some that are that are on the burners that are cooking up some more series that are that are outside of my box. 
Um, that's not what's next. What is next is very much within my wheelhouse. We are doing a four-part series on improv comedy. I've been I've been uh, poking my little nose into the UCB crowd and trying to get some of those new up-and-comers, trying to get to know them and what they're building and who they are. And we'll be talking to them. We've got we've already got next week's episode recorded, and it, ooh, is it a doozy! I think you should tune in for it because it's going to be fun. Um, it already was fun. We recorded it and it will be fun for you. Um, and then after that, we'll get, we'll get into something, something probably more heady, probably something outside of my wheelhouse. And we'll keep this, this dialogue, uh, growing and glowing so that we can continue knowing new things. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? What are America is very strange right now. Uh, I don't think it's going to fix itself. I'm not sure how we fix it because uh, both sides of the conversation seem to be convinced that, that there isn't a problem on their side of the conversation. Both sides are absolutely convinced that they are the solution and the other one is the problem. And uh, that is that is not what I believe our country should be and it's not what, it, what we can be. We can be... Uh, more empathetic. We can be more curious. We can be more inquisitive. We can turn the volume. To, and I'm not saying any one side. I'm saying both sides. We can turn the volume down. We can shout less and we can both listen more. And let's let's take uh, Kavanaugh. All that just happened recently. And you know there there are those on the right who think that the the left orchestrated a smear campaign against a, a good and honest man who was a viable candidate and uh, that there was no tr no truth to the concerns on the left, just uh, sound and fury. Uh, then there are those on the left who feel completely ignored by by the right, who saw, who perceived it as a, a plea for a national stage to listen a national audience to listen to legitimate claims of of sexual abuse, um, alleged, and forget the word alleged. Just forget the word alleged. They're, just forget the word alleged. <laughs> or don't, or don't, or don't, or the, the, call them lies. But anyway, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. Is this is. Uh, yeah, let's back it up. Let's back it up. I don't think like the 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 the, the disagreement isn't the the Kavanaugh isn't the problem the allegations of sexual assault aren't the problem those are all symptoms of of a very deep sickness and uh the, the we are in the full throes of that sickness and that that sickness I feel is is uh is a self-centered beast it is a self-aggrandizing beast it is uh uh, uh speaking without listening beast and and one of the primary functions of this fishbowl is that i is that we listen is that we just listen my job as a host is to stfu and listen and try to guide the the guest to speak about what's most interesting about them it's not to anyway uh you know what i could i could I'm, I'm making a pretty good case for me to shut up right now and let Kimberly Learman talk and also to let Naomi Beatty talk. And I hope you enjoy what they have to say because 
I, I honestly, I really love seeing the world through their eyes and, and it's a thrill to have them back on the program and to get to see the world through their eyes once more. And let's all ease off the throttle, put down the bottle. This is a song that I'm making them up as I go. We can be much kinder. And this is a friendly reminder. I think we've had quite enough of that. Without further ado, I give to you, Kimberly Learman. Drops. St- I've, I've never set one of these up before because we've never had a returning champion come onto the program. Oh, yeah. The, the first and the returning. Yeah, first and yeah. This is the second first that you've had on this program. Yeah. So how, how are you holding up? Fabulous. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Okay, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. No. Well, like, uh, let me set it up. Let me do a little bit of my job if I can. So, um, the first time you were on, I'll let you talk about your experience the first time you are, but you were, you were the, you were the first uh, person on this program. You were the first one to dip your toes in the water. We released your episode fourth. So the audience's impression might not be that you were the first, but you were, and you always will be the first on the fishbowl. Um, we both came off of that episode, if I recall correctly, feeling like we'd done we'd done a good job considering that neither of us had any idea what we were doing in the moment. Yes. Um, and it, that's not why we're having you back on. <laughs> no, no, no. No. So like for the last couple of months, not last couple of weeks, uh, we've been kind of in, in a bit closer communication than we have been since your episode launched. Um because you've been sobering up is are we good we can keep going down this we are so good okay um and i I just wanted to have you back on to get to hear a little bit of of what you were experiencing for the last couple of weeks and and i might talk a little bit about how i was experiencing it uh because there were some things that were running through my mind the whole time but but i'll let you frame this discussion there there are always things what are you looking at me surprised for all i do is have things run through my brain well i Okay. Okay. But no, there was a lot on my mind the whole time, and and I wanted to get I wanted to get your kind of experience. You know what? Why don't I just shut my mouth and and let you talk for a minute? Well, um, about like, uh, ask me a question. Okay. No. I'm, 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 I'm I do well with well, questions. Yeah. So what? <laughs> well, I guess we should start with what you were using and how long. I was a daily wake and bake all day stoner for about six years. Okay. And it's, it's only been, how many days has it been? I have been clean and sober. I got to check my, I have it. I have an, you have the app. I have an, I am sober app. Have you, have you gotten your 30 day chip yet? No, that happens um, on the 18th, but as of right okay. now, I have 24 days. Congratulations. Thank you. Yay. Last time I spoke with you, you had 17 days. Yeah. What what do you want people to say when you when like what's the proper response to I have time sober? Congratulations! Is yeah, that appropriate? Good, you know, good for you. Keep it up, you okay. know, because it is. But still, like, even though it was weed and it's kind of socially, it's more socially acceptable now than it ever has been. Yeah, um, it's still something that a lot of people will struggle with, but they don't talk about it because it's it's weed. Ugh, you're not going to die from it. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you're predisposed to depression, anxiety, and if you start smoking mm-hmm. um, and you keep using that, 
it could turn into something like what I had, which was a, you know, a daily just out of control use where it actually turned into something that was harming me and making me feel, having me more anxiety, more paranoia. And every time I would feel that way, I'd be like, oh my God, well, I have anxiety. So let's smoke another bowl. Okay. You know, and that's, it would, it was just a vicious cycle that kept, and every, every night I would go to bed and I'd be like, okay, tomorrow I'll only smoke X amount of bowls a day or only do it in the morning. And that happened every day, literally for like two years. Just, I mean, were you, were you adhering to your, to your nightly negotiation or would the next day you'd be like, well, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll ease off tomorrow or. Yeah. It was, it was, I'll go to bed. Okay. Tomorrow every day I went to sleep. I laid my head down. Tomorrow is going to be different. Okay. And I would wake up and I would find some excuse. Something would happen. I was like, oh, I have a day off or, oh, you know, I'm going to watch this movie. Let's get high. You know, it was just this horrible, horrible cycle that never ended. So then what? Let me turn that off. That's fine. You know, what's the, the, let's talk about the recording of your episode. So you were, you were blazed as you kids say. I was pretty baked. Yes. Okay. See, I'm clueless. I had no idea what was going on. I'm I'm as, I'm as dopey as they come. Yeah. Baked, half lit, however you want to call it. But I was, I was nervous. I felt extremely awkward. Every time that you asked me a question, Mm -hmm. I, I was like, shuffling, shuffling, going like, how do I answer this? How do I answer this? Instead of just, I know it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I I don't cut, I don't feel like I cut an intimidating figure to, so to hear that you were like panicked at the other side of the table. Yeah. It's, and it was, it was, I mean, like not to say that it was a bad experience, but internally, like I just, I wanted so much to feel comfortable and to be relaxed. And I wasn't. I, 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 I believe you there. I, I always, I'm very comfortable in this chair mm-hmm. to be in that chair. I don't know how I would handle it. I don't want to be where you are. You don't like being interviewed? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> no, not no. me. No, no, no. And if I was in that chair, I would be doing everything in my power to leverage it back so that I would be the interviewer, not the interviewee <laughs> trying to twist every question around on them or whatever. So like what happens the night, what's the night that, that you're like, I'm done with the, that, that it actually kicks in, that it actually, the, the next morning you, you stick to it. Uh, the day before that I quit, um, I had, I went a few days before and I went and I bought a gram and I was like, okay, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. And two weeks. How much is a gram? Is that a lot or is that like a day's worth or? Uh... Um, it depends on how much you smoke. Okay. Some people go through a gram a day. Some people that will last them a week, depending on how much. A you gram smoke. is a lifetime supply for me, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it just depends on, you know, how you smoke, but. And what was that for you? Is it like a pack a day or a gram a day or a gram a week? Like what's. Um, how much, how long would that last me? Maybe like two days. Okay. But I mean, I would go and I, sometimes I bought like two eighths in a week and that's, I know what that, yeah, what does that mean? I have no idea what that means. That's a lot. Is that a lot? Okay. That's, I mean, that's a lot for me. Some, some, I've read on some posts online, some people will smoke an eighth in like a day or two days. I'm like, how does that even like, that doesn't compute with me. I think we forget to account for how different all brains are. Yeah. Anyway, please yeah. continue. <laughs> um, but that 
that day, that last day, it was a Saturday and I had been crying just because I just wanted this to be over. I, I, I wanted this cycle to just be done. So I was like, I don't want to waste it because mm-hmm. who wants to waste their weed, you know, just flush it, whatever. So, um, I smoked it all and I had the most enormous headache that I've ever had in my life. And how, how much does a gram cost? Uh, depending on where you go, it can be anywhere from 10 to like 17 bucks. Okay. Um, but that last bowl, like I knew I was like, I'm so done. I'm mm-hmm. so done with this. And the moment that I, I finished that last bowl and I was like, I'm done. There was an enormous sense of relief. I was like, it's over. And the next day that I woke up, I was like, I can't wait for this, for all of the withdrawals, all of this stuff to be just gone. Now, what of that? When, when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, weed was uh, grass. Like it was something that people grew in their yards. It wasn't so strong. And Mm -hmm. it was, um, and, and there's the common, like, Hey, you can't get addicted. It's not habit forming. There's no, there's no chemical addiction. You seem to you seem to disparage those those notions. That's hilarious. Um, it, there are some people that will argue that it's not addictive, but I, and there are some people who can drink half a bottle of vodka a day for twenty years and then could quit cold turkey. All brains are different. Yeah, and everyone. And I'm not saying that marijuana is bad. No, 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 but, no, no. I don't think that's the point. The, yeah, just trying to get a feel for your experience. Yeah, like. What was the question? <laughs> oh, oh, withdrawal. Like what, what, what the addiction is like when you quit. Like, oh gosh. Um, okay. Before I, before when I was smoking, I wouldn't, I hardly would ever dream. And if I did, I would literally dream about the same thing like all the time. Now my dreams are back okay. and it's wonderful. <laughs> so wonderful. I had to do a, wacky shit oh, while you're asleep. <laughs> Doozy last night. It was great. Can you, can you share? Oh, it's surface details. Oh, uh, it had a very sexy celebrity in it. Which and one? We went to the movies. Ooh. I don't, I don't want to say. Who is it? I got to know. Okay. Can, let's just say he's really tall. He's gorgeous. Okay. And, um, I think Trey Parker is six feet. No, he's just wonderful. But anyway, I digress. Okay. Um, was it John Hamm? No, no, no. He's got a lot of brothers. Let's just say that. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, um, they blew up the house, the Baldwins. No! In the South Park movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, anyway, we'll anyway. let it rest. We'll, yeah, we'll just let that That's live. That's one for off the air, I suppose. Um, but... Well, congratulations on your very sexy celebrity guest thanks. in your dreamland. Great. If that's not reason enough to quit pot, I don't know what is. You know, it... Totally was like the first week I had some really crazy dreams. Like I, um, I had a fetus, I put it in a tortilla and then I ate it. Mm. So that was weird. But, um, other symptoms that you can have coming off of heavy duty withdrawal is, um, night sweats, which are terrible. Like I would have to change my shirt at least two or three times a night because I've just soaked through it. Um, you don't sleep. Sleeping is terrible. Um, headaches, major, just an irritability like anything will just that was the thing we're gonna put we're gonna pin that one up on the board and i'll come up back to that one later but yeah. please continue um 
just irritability, um, inability to focus, enjoy things that you used to enjoy. Like, because any time I would do something, oh, let's smoke a bowl first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's just part of your life at that point. Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, behavioral addiction. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, I'm going to go to the store. Okay, let's smoke a bowl first. I'm going to go to school. Let's smoke a bowl first. Oh, I got home from school. Oh, my God, I have the rest of the day free. Let's smoke a bowl. Like, it's just yeah. this every little thing and it, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's mentally exhausting and yes. now i have all this like free time <laughs> where like i can do like i can read a play and i can focus on it and i'm practicing my monologues versus just reading them and be like oh yeah okay yep yep like, yep, it's yep, just, yep it's life is so much better now so okay um here's the thing about like we were we were talking when you were planning to to go clean um, and there, there, there were a couple stops and false starts. Is that true? Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Like you'd, you'd bump it a day and then you'd be back on a day or two later. Yeah. That, How, how'd that go? Like how many? Um, maybe like two or three. Okay. Um, and how long would you go clean? Was it 12 hours or 24 hours or like one or two days? And okay. then it was just, I would just find some reason or because I would be so irritable and I would just sit, I'd be in my apartment, like, mm-hmm. And that's what I would do, like to tolerate being home all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, four walls can be very small, no matter yeah. how big the house is. Yeah. It- and I would look at my husband and be like, I can't stand being here. Yeah. And that was, it's un- it's horrible to feel uncomfortable in your own Oh, yeah, because where do you go? What do you do in that mm-hmm. city? Yeah. Do you- um, but you get out, like, go for a walk, mm-hmm. you know, I, for like the first, um, like week and a half, I went out on the Chandler Boulevard and I would rollerblade or ride my bike and listen yeah. to good music. And that really helped exercise really helps because, uh, THC is stored in your fat cells. Oh, okay. So, you know, exercising definitely helps speed that process of getting it out of your body a mm-hmm. lot quicker, but, um, maybe like. I would quit for like two days and then I would go back. But the third time, I think it was the third time, maybe the fourth. That was when I just put the kibosh on it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Now, how's your, how's your husband supporting you through all this? How is he there or how is he there for you? If we can talk about that, is he? Oh, and I don't want to throw him under the bus if he's not. He is, he's a rock. Okay. I, I don't know what I would do without his unwavering support through anything. Even when I was smoking, he'd be like, you know, if I would have it, if I was like, I don't know if I want to smoke him, really just, it's okay. Like if you, if you want to, that's okay. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to, whatever you decide, I'm behind you 100%. And it like that really, really helped because I knew that no matter what I was going through, he, he would be there. Now, one thing I do know about you, this this is something else that's directly related, is uh, you're, I, I, I don't know if you consider yourself to have social anxiety, but you seem to be a generally private person, a small circle of friends, a very mm-hmm. kind of internal person. What, what do you reckon somebody should do if they don't have a rock like you had? Um, you can reach out to, I mean any like friends, family that you have, um, you can go to, uh, marijuana anonymous meetings, which mm-hmm. I've never been to just cause I'm not a group person. Um, I remember like texting you about that. You were like, yeah, no, not for me. Like just, I mean, I, I mean, I would go to one, 
but I, I don't know. It's, that's kind of a weird thing. But one thing that really, really helped me was going on to Reddit. There, okay. there is a thread. This in, being the first time in human history that Reddit helped somebody. Let's get into it. <laughs> I love Reddit. There's so many fun things. But it's, it's very good at, for distraction. If you need to get your oh, mind off anything, dude. like Reddit will, will Reddit's got what you need. I've spent so many like I've spent so many hours just like, oh my god, look puppies. Oh my god, that's funny. Funny. Just gifts, one more next memes. Click. But there's a subreddit on there called Leaves. Mm-hmm. And it is filled with people who are exactly like me, who struggle with marijuana. Some people are, they post, this is day one, and I've been smoking for 20 years, first day. So there are a lot more people like me who have that dependency than you'd think. And I just going on there and reading people's stories of, you know, oh, I've been, excuse me. Oh, I've been sober for this amount of days or, oh my gosh, you know, I, 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 I gave in last night and just the encouragement that other people who have been sober is just, it's, it's really, it's a wonderful community. And I, I don't post on there often. I Mm -hmm. think I've maybe posted on there once, but just reading other people's, you know, experiences, it just, it helped me feel like I'm not alone. And when I, if, if I did have moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to go, I want to go buy a grammar bowl. I would go on there and I would read it and it would remind me, this is why you're doing this. Yeah. You know, this person did it. So can I, because their experiences sounded a lot like mine. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. if they can do it, so can I. Sorry about that cheap Reddit joke. It was, it was a low blow. It's cool. <laughs> there is, cool. I don't no, think be, I don't think anybody's going to be offended. No, but there is tremendous value. I mean, it is a, a very efficient time waster, but it's also, it can be a community for people who, who uh, aren't particularly social butterflies. Like Absolutely. there can be a home for them to, to lurk or be active on, on those threads and boards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting here wondering like what, uh, just person to person. My experience was you, you, we texted a little bit. I forget if you and if you must've brought it up. I wouldn't have asked if you were yeah. going, going clean, but you brought it up. Um, and I wanted, I, I wanted to be like supportive. And then you mentioned that you were super duper mega irritable. So I didn't want to be like texting you every day, checking in, how's it going? But I wanted like to, to kind of, how, how would how would you want your friends to be there for you in this situation? Just say, hey, how is this going? Because um, there weren't a lot of people that actually said, hey, besides you and my husband, like there's very few people in my life that would actually go out of their way and say, hey, I know you're quitting this. How is that going? Like, that didn't happen as much as I thought it was. And the fact that you, you know, you would text me, Hey, how's this going? It may, it, it meant the world to me. So I thank you very much. <laughs> okay. No, seriously. Cause I was, was like, like sweating bullets. Is this too, no. too much or too often? Or does she need alone time? And if, if she's irritable, is this just going to get under her skin? Or if she's relapsed, is that going to be even more annoying? But anyway, no, like if that's you, such a relief. Cause I was really, I was kind of tiptoeing. I felt no, like if you, if, like if anybody who's listening, if you know someone who's going through that, check in with them. Okay. They need to know that they're supported, even if it's just, hey, how are you? And they respond, I'm having a hard day. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like, just knowing that 
there's someone out there that cares that you're str- that you're going through this struggle, it means so much. That was the other thing. I totally wanted you to know that if you had typed uh, fuck off, I'm having a really shitty week <laughs> that we would have been cool. Like uh, you could have scooped you. that one up very easily at any point. Just say, yeah, I was in a bad mood that day. I there would have been no you. repercussions whatsoever. <laughs> so moving forward, what, what are, what are good ways that, that we could be supporting each other? I mean that we, the people who aren't you can be supporting you, the person who is you. Uh, I don't know. Just, Hey, how's it going? How's your life? What's, what's hot? What's new? But, and another thing about the social, yeah, you got, you got to shake integral to the question. Okay. Or like, Hey, with the gun. Hey, um, do you want me to push up my glasses or, or pull them either? Anyway, (laughs) um, one more thing that I wanted to add about the social anxiety that has almost completely gone like it's gotten better it's gotten so much better right um because weed kind of made me like like i want to be in my little weed bubble don't talk to me but i that's where it takes me and that's why i don't really do it yeah but i'm i'm i feel like i'm a social person but Mm -hmm. i'm still kind of figuring figuring out how to be not a socially awkward person and how to talk to people but i'm more open to talking to people. If I'm sitting next to someone and they're like, Hey, like I'll totally have a conversation versus, you know, like, Oh yeah. Okay. I guess we got lucky mm. that like that you, that, that we both knew the Bill and Ted soundtrack front to back. I didn't realize like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we kicked off. For those of you who don't know, that's, that's what started our friendship was being able to recite lyrics from almost any song on that record. Right. And you know, another folks like you are rare I don't meet people like that very often. <laughs> there's, there's uh, that day. I don't know how long, I mean, I smoked in the morning, but that was a really long day. So I, by the time that you and I crossed paths. Mm-hmm. I was like the veil had been lifted. So I was ah, like, so I was oh, like, like you, I can talk to people, you know, wow. I was still like, Oh God, is this day over? I want to go home. No, it was a very, home. that was a very long day, like 12, 14 hours or something. It was yeah. massive. It was a long, it was a long early drive. start, long drive out. And then yeah. a very long shoot day Yeah, from before sunrise to after sunset. Awesome. Do you want to pull one from the bull? I think the bull's right down there. We can do one oh, or two very quickly. Goodness. See what it's like if, if you're able to handle this one sober. As long as I don't have to read anything from Showgirls, I think I will be okay. Oh, we've retired I, that bit 100%. Bro, that was the most awkward thing I've ever done <laughs> in my life. I was like, oh my God. I think we made it six episodes with that before we uh, pulled the ripcord on that stupid ass idea. Where's the bull? All right. All right you do, I'll let you ding it first. Let's see. Let's see how you do. This is very exciting. And we don't have any theme music. This is just straight fishbowling we're doing here. What'd you get? Very ceremonious. I appreciate the <laughs> oh, You got a twofer. I did. I get a twofer. So I'll leave that there. Which one's that? Oh, that's one of the old ones. We don't need to do that one. What hero or heroine would you like to be and why? That's a good one. Lieutenant Ellen Ripley. Shit, yeah. Or Buffy Summers. Let's go with Ripley because I was watching Alien last night, back before she was a lieutenant, when she was just a a, a cargo loader on the Nostromo. Man, I grew up watching those movies. Aliens was like my jam when I was a kid. Um, I didn't watch Alien too much because I was just uh, loved Aliens. And then Alien 3, but... 
she's just a badass. She's Hell taking yeah, she control. Is. You know, like she knows her weapons. She knows she's she always calm. Operate a class three loader. That calmness, what, like, because I'm not a calm person yeah, in yeah, times yeah. of crisis. You do not want me around. A time. I, I am the person that will run around. Like you would with have her been, hair. you would have been Bill Paxton, not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in power. Rest in power, Bill. Yeah. Um. I would definitely be more of a Bill Paxton than an Ellen, but I, I, she's, that's just one of my, that's one of the best like female heroic characters. Did I tell you that I got to hang out with Lance Henriksen in Tokyo? What? True story for another day. Oh, bro. man. How can I do it like that? I'm so nasty. Oh, what advice would you give to your 10 year old self? Um, Stop cutting your hair. <laughs> I, I I cut my hair a lot like a boy when I was a kid because I was a First of all, major hot. tomboy. Second of all, please continue. Oh, God. It was such a tomboy. And like, I remember my mother telling me like when I was in my early 20s, she'd be like, yeah, when I would pick you up from school, I would have to look at the girls and the boys because she couldn't pick me out. Hold between- on. Okay. Forget I said hot about a 10 year old. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> But okay, so and then I started to grow it out in like junior high, mm-hmm. um, and then I cut it again, super short, and I dyed it black when I was in sophomore in high school. Like a boy broke up with me, and I was just devastated. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm just because that's what I do. That's what I did. I would just change my hair. But then when I was a junior in high school, I shaved my head. Like if, I if it's it appropriate, down to a one, bro. <clears throat> um, but but thankfully. There are no pictures of that. They do not exist. Lame. There's no pictures. No pictures of you with the dyed black or any? No, no. There's pictures of me okay. with the dyed black, but none with a shaved head. Why? I don't know. I kind of wish I had one just so I could look back and say here, but there are people like in my life like, oh my God, you remember when you shaved your head? Like, like all my friends, like I'd be in like photo class and so they would like rub my head and scratch mm-hmm. it. Cause you know, I was like a safe zone girl, they, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, don't cut your hair. But I was, oh, I just wanted to be myself. Yeah. I was always myself. No, it's a way to, it's a way to say who you is. Yeah. And I, I have crazy hair and I didn't know how to like style it or take care of it. Like I wore it up all the time, like in yeah. a bun and then I cut it short and then I just like, then I discovered products and it, life's been great ever since. Every day has been a great hair day. I feel like you're more you than I've ever known you to be. Like just sitting across from you and the conversation we had last time and the way you're talking and the way you move through the world recently, it's just really cool. Don't make me cry. That's not my intention. But <laughs> I feel more like myself than I have in a long time. And I've, it's been a great thing to rediscover mm-hmm. um, who I am, things that I used to like that I just didn't like when I was smoking whatever. It just, it's, it feels really good to just be comfortable in my own skin. Thank you. <laughs> let's 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 shut this down. We got a Nightmare on Elm Street film to watch. I oh, believe. we're the Dream Warriors. Okay, that that's the big one. Are you ready for Freddy? Are you aware of that one? 
Freddy, Fat Boys. Freddie Night. What? Fat Boys did a rap song about Freddy Krueger on which Robert Englund raps. What? Yeah, though no, we got round this shit out. But anyway, the point, the last thing I wanted to say before we get onto the real orders of business is that I am so just overjoyed to be talking to more you than I've ever talked to before. And uh, the I just I, I want you to know that I'm I'm totally on your side. So knuckle sandwich and let's watch a movie about uh, about Robert Englund. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo, and welcome back to uh, the Hollywood Fishbowl Change in Lanes. And remember what I'm talking about. We are welcoming to mic number two the uh, returning champion, the one, the only, the illustrious Naomi Beatty. Naomi Beatty, you are no longer any other name than Naomi Beatty. You'd have to listen to that. Well, we'll get into all of that in, sure. in but a moment. Uh, music is winding down, and. Morpheus is done fighting Neo. We can we can ease off that trouble. How have you been? Great. How about yourself? I've been fantastic. I ask you like I ask you that like we aren't meeting once a week mm-hmm. and discussing how we are yeah. among many 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 other things. Um, so you've let's let's open up slow. Let's open up with a smaller question. Um, how has your life changed since your first appearance on the Fishbowl, mm. and how much of that do you attribute <laughs> to the Hollywood Fishbowl? Uh, well, my life has changed immensely mm-hmm. in one regard. <laughs> <laughs> so not immensely. Uh, in that you and I have started recording another podcast. Good Lord. That's exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. We've got, we've got a new one. Let's, you proposed it. Yeah. Yeah, you you reached out to me. Here's the thing. The reason I don't reach out to people to do a podcast is because I would like to reach out to everybody I meet to do a weekly podcast with them. <laughs> so when you when you emailed me saying, like, would you like to brainstorm ideas? Mm-hmm. Uh, my heart almost fluttered out of my <laughs> chest and around the room with butterfly wings. I Aww. was so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so I have been thinking about doing a podcast for a while, Mm -hmm. um, because I don't do anything but think about movies Mm -hmm. and talk about stories. So, you know, it's been something that I thought would be fun and hopefully interesting for other people as well. And then when I came on the Hollywood fishbowl the first time and we were talking about movies and the industry and stuff, I thought, Hey, that would be great to have this guy obviously has not much going on right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was true. I had just moved here when I, Mm, like I'd only mm -hmm. been here a couple of months and there, they're fallow months. When you just land in LA, it is not feast on day one. It is (laughs) famine for a while. Yeah. 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 So, um, in, in the interim, um, we started doing our podcast and it's been really fun. And that's, I think pretty exciting for me. I mean, like to actually produce something that's now out in the world and people are able to listen to it is great. We just launched October 1st, I think was the, we we had some episodes that were kind of floating in Mm -hmm. a secret space, but it's official October 1st Uh, movies exclamation mark. The podcast is uh, now a, now a thing. Yeah, it it's a thing. It's on iTunes, so that means, that makes Stitcher. it official. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one. the The one feather in the cap is yeah. you're either on iTunes or you're not. Yeah. And we are, we are on iTunes. So what we're doing this uh, this this conversation we're having right now is going to serve two purposes, just so we can let the audience know uh, how the structure is working. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to live on the Hollywood Fishbowl record the pilot episode for. 
movies the podcast. So what we're going to do is uh, in in not but a, not but a moment we're going to get into uh, the the whys, the hows, the whats, the who, what, where, when, why, how of movies the podcast. Okay. Um, and then after that. We are going to jump into the fishbowl for one or two polls. The, as you can see, when you were here, it was probably half this yeah. amount. It just continues to grow. So uh, I, have, I have no idea what we're going to get out of there, but let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Let's okay. enjoy this. Um, do, do we need some transition means? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. That means without further ado, it is time for... The introduction to... <laughs> Movies, the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's let's do this this fake intro episode, okay, shall we? Let's do it. So, what are we doing for the intro? We are doing um, we're doing what we would do normally if we were doing an episode, but we're doing a very very short version, just okay. for like a ten minute something that we can put up that people can listen to before they listen to an hour long episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, to understand what the show is about. Under- yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. All right. Here we go. I am Jesse Kester, and it's my honor to introduce my co-host, Naomi Beatty. Hello, I'm Naomi Beatty, and this is my sidekick, Jesse Kester. Woo! There, I missed the beat. I, t- I always miss the woo. You can hear the woo just in the back. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to listen to the whole song. All right, let's ease off that throttle a little okay. bit. Bring it down a bit. Welcome, one and all, to the pilot episode of Movies, the podcast, on which we will discuss sort of the who, the where, the what, the when, the how, the why of this podcast. So you know what you're getting in for. Future episodes will be an hour, hour and a half, but we wanted to give you like a short version to, yeah. to introduce the program. So I would like to ask you, if I may, can you summarize? It doesn't have to be elegant. It doesn't have to be perfect, but could you give us like a log line of Movies, the podcast? Movies, the podcast? Um, sure. To folks, <laughs> to industry-related folks, mm-hmm. uh, discuss a movie that we've watched earlier that week and mm-hmm. um, what we might be able to learn from that movie, specifically yep. for people who are interested in filmmaking or screenwriting or both. And then one of us, mostly you, yes. let's be honest, yes. uh, will pitch a brand new movie idea inspired by or in some way um, sparked by the movie yeah. we've watched that week. It might just be the genre. Um but uh, we'll pitch a new movie idea, and then the other one of us, which, let's be honest, will mostly be me, yes. <laughs> will be critiquing that idea and less critiquing, but more sort of helping you see where there might be places to continue to work on it, opportunities to develop it, ways to make it better, um, maybe things you haven't thought about yet, and the types of reactions that you might get if you were pitching someone in the industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the way I like to think of it is uh, high quality analysis, high quantity pitches. <laughs> knowing that uh, I, in, in general, I only have a week to prepare any given pitch. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be like a certain amount of rough edges. There's sure. not much polish on these pitches. But I think like the idea is uh, trying to get trying to trying to make a, a dialogue space where ideas aren't something precious and secretive and something that we have to hammer out before we can ever introduce them to a second person. The idea is like to to get in the habit of having this dialogue where even at its roughest form, your ideas are better discussed and better mm-hmm. refined in groupthink than they are alone staring at a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, it's a weekly exercise to help mm-hmm. you strengthen your story muscles, right? Yes. Both of us, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. talking about talking about your ideas and how you know what might be working or not working about them is is a useful muscle builder. You yes. know, it's helping us get stronger. 
it's making both of us um, stronger at talking about stories. And I, do, I, I think you're underplaying the amount of influence that uh, that consultants, collaborators, and friends have on a story. Like you, you were saying that mostly I pitch and mostly you feedback, mm-hmm. but I don't really feel like there's any. There's no for, in my mind. There's no such thing as a pitch without feedback. Uh, so the, what I'm doing is really non-existent without what you're doing. So I, I don't think it's possible to to overstate the importance of a collaborative mindset from the first stages of writing. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, what what I'd like to do before we get too deep into all of that is let's let's know a little bit about your background. Can you tell us sure. who who you are and maybe <laughs> a little bit of a frame of why why we why why would anyone want to listen to your opinions? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, no, my background in the industry though is um, I worked in development for a few years. Um, I worked with Blake Snyder on his um, Save the Cat books. Mm-hmm. Um, I now currently I work as I, I was a professional reader for, for a few years after that, um, doing coverage for various people. And now I work as a consultant mostly. So I work with writers and I also teach screenwriting and story structure. Um, so every day I'm working with people on their stories and helping them figure out how to, you know, how to structure them, how to make them stronger, um, finding the holes in them helping generate solutions. So that's what I do all day, every day. So it feels like a natural, you know, extension of that to, to do that with you weekly. Can I ask you a question that sure. might, um, that might totally debase your credibility, but you should answer honestly, nonetheless. <laughs> okay. Do you ever feel like you're, you end up on autopilot when you're doing screen consulting or is it a thing like the stories are so personal to the person you're consulting that it is, it, it must be fresh. Like it always is fresh because yeah. it's, it's not, it's definitely not an autopilot thing okay. because as much as, you know, I think all of us who, who write, mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as all of us wish that there was like a right answer and there was a black and white, Oh no, this is what you're doing wrong. And if you just fix that, it's right. Yeah. Stories are, are alive, right? Like they're, they're living things. And if you change one thing, it changes another thing. And, and also the thing that you're doing is yours specifically. And it's trying to say the thing that you want to say. And so a lot of what I do is trying to get at that. Like what story are you trying to tell? And then let's figure out the best way to put that, on the page. Right. Um, and then also, you know, I, I, I think every story is sort of a puzzle to be solved as well. Um, and so there isn't a, there isn't an autopilot version yeah, where, where you yeah. can just be like, nope, put this piece here and put this piece here. You yep. have to like, look at how all the pieces work together and kind of constantly calibrate and, and figure out how to, you know, how to make the, the structure stronger. That's yeah. I, I did some teaching in Japan for a couple of years. And when I was teaching the, the grammar and vocabulary, there would be a point where I was just like ready to open my wrist. Cause it was so like, so repetitive. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, but when I was teaching, like uh, I would do I did film courses over there as well and when I was teaching those when the question is like how do I get to a a creative answer to an emotional Mm -hmm. question I have there was infinity patience infinity excitement for that that question at, at any level even the most basic personally I like teaching the most basic levels because there's so like potentials exciting. And when they, when mm-hmm. early, when beginners start to see just how much they can do, yeah. it's really, really invigorating. Yeah. So. It's interesting that you say that because I, I think that that is um, or what you were saying about, you know, teaching the basics and wanting to open your wrist um, because that is when it can feel sort of 
wrote, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're, when you're just talking about those sort of screenwriting rules that aren't really rules, but are kind of the, the first things that everyone needs to learn in order to then take, you know, a basic understanding and create the stories that are individual to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, sometimes talking about those very, very basic things can feel a little bit by the numbers and a little bit, um, you know, autopilot mm-hmm. But then when you're talking about individual stories, there's there's never anything the same yeah, about it yeah, because each yeah. story is, is unique, you know? We are all snowflakes. <laughs> um, but my, my background? Yes, you want me to jump please, into that? tell me. Um, uh, I went to film school in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, then I graduated that, lived in Japan for 10 years where I was doing film production. I worked as a producer and a director over there, had a small, why do I even say small? I had a production company company Mm -hmm. why underplay it um had a had a lot of fun producing films over there but just because of the the corporate culture in japan there's a there's a glass ceiling that us foreigners are going to bump our heads on eventually Mm -hmm. um got sick of bumping my head on the glass ceiling so i figured why not come to la and see if you know even if the glass ceiling is five inches higher Mm -hmm. why not enjoy those five inches see if see if it works and if it doesn't work i can always run back to japan with my tail between my (laughs) legs and and uh, and have fun back there because it was a beautiful life over there. Lots of fun mm. producing, lots of fun filmmaking, lots of uh, vibrant, fantastic people that I got to interact with mm. on a daily basis. Um, so so that's my background. Any what did I miss? Anything anything relevant? Small town boy, Kutztown, Pennsylvania. Um, that'll probably you'll probably hear about rural Pennsylvania in some of my pitches. I can yeah. all but guarantee it. <laughs> And I feel better now after the, we just watched a Stephen King movie and it's all New England with him. Like yep. he does not shy away from yeah. hometown pride. Yeah. Um, what does the other person bring? That's our background. Mm. What A big question I have is like, what do you think I bring to the table of value besides the microphones and the record <laughs> machine? Besides all the tech. And yeah, and I'm going to let you go first okay. and we're going to have this bell here because I could go on forever about what I think you bring to the table. So when you get sick of it, just ring the bell. Okay. okay. Uh, so, so what I think you bring to the table is basically what you just said that you have, you have so much physical production experience and filmmaking experience that I don't have. And so you watch movies in a different way than I do, right? Like I come to movies for the story mm-hmm. and you come for the filmmaking. And so a lot of times the, the take that you have on a movie has more to do with the filmmaking aspects of it than I would think of, right? Or that I've, or than I would have noticed. And if you want to hear an example of this, go right to the Mad Max episode. <laughs> that is like black and white. Yeah. So, so I think that's really interesting because, um, you know, I, I, I like that you expand my horizons in, in seeing movies in a different way. I certainly never want to be stuck in my own box of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I think you bring to the table that you probably don't even realize is, Uh um, (laughs) no, is that you, I feel like you have a sort of childlike wonder when it comes to movies. And I mean that as a compliment. I'll take it as such. In that I, I very much, um, you know, I've, I've lived and worked in Hollywood for over a decade. And so I, not, it's not that I can be cynical about movies, but I, I definitely have a little bit of the company town mentality when it comes to Mm -hmm. movies. Um, and I like, you know, I like all kinds of movies, so I'm not saying you have to make the things that Hollywood makes, but I do tend to look through that lens of, you know, uh, in engaging a movie, right? Uh, Like, is this a, (laughs) is this hitting on all of those sort of fronts that we would look for if we were going to develop this 
you know, at a production company or, or something like that. And so I like that you, um, your take on movies is often totally different than mine and from a different angle. And so it makes, it forces me to remember that not everyone views movies the way I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to, uh, forget that (laughs) we all see them and feel them differently. Yeah. And there's a whole audience out there that doesn't think exactly the way I do. And that, and that isn't watching movies the way I I watch them. And that's, and, and, um, I didn't mean that like, aha, look at how I see it. I meant that like, it's good to have a reminder on the opposite side of the table that, that there, that of how you see, how you see films and how you, how you enjoy them and what you, what you don't, what doesn't resonate Mm -hmm. with you, not what you like or don't like, but really, Uh, what resonates and what doesn't. Um, can I talk about how fantastic you are for sure. a minute? I'm taking this away because I got a lot to say. <laughs> I was poised, poised to ring it. Um, first of all, uh, your, your, uh, your like whip smart or razor sharp, mm. whatever the expression is like you, you, uh, you, you know, you're consulting, uh, anything I pitch, like you, you really do cut, uh, uh you cut right through the, the mm-hmm. stuff that isn't working. You identify it very quickly and very clearly. And, um, that's half the battle. The other half is ways it could be improved and right. you never forget the second half of the battle. Um, well, that's very nice of you. And also we've, we've kind of been, uh, feeding the, the early feed out to, to listeners and, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, agree with, uh, with, Swanky, my wife, who uh, uh, is intimidated by your intellect. <laughs> well, first, let me say, always a good idea to to agree with your wife. Yes. <laughs> and my sister Selena, who uh, uh, loves hearing you school me about films, because in our family, I am I am the go to film guy. Mm-hmm. But on this podcast, it's clear that you know more story structure. You know more, oh. just like the mechanics of it. And you really uh, know how to express and to clean up my broken hmm. watches. And uh, th- she enjoys watching me get get intellectually <laughs> owned repeatedly. Uh, well, that is very nice of you to say. So Thank all you. of that I, is what you bring bring to the table and so much more. So very much more. <laughs> Thank you. That's very nice of you. Can I ask another question? Of course. Uh, what, what are we going to cover on this program? Ooh, well, I think we're going to cover movies that we want to watch <laughs> and and movies that we want to see, those being the ones that you're pitching. Oh, uh, but um, yes, but we're not just going <laughs> to... We're not just going to do that. Um, one thing I, that we we watch the movies not just because they're good. Like we just right. watched uh, Pet Cemetery. And I don't think either of us particularly wanted to. Like we didn't have a burning desire sure. to revisit that one. But, but why do we watch them to learn? To learn. Yes. This is all about like what can we learn from the film? Yeah. Uh, both from a storytelling perspective and from a, a filmmaking perspective, and and what can we walk away with? And yeah, yeah. And I think that's you know one of the things, one of the, one of the key ways to learn how stories work, in my opinion, right. Is, is just to watch a lot of movies and, yep. and to not watch them passively, but to really watch them and pull them apart and figure out what, you know, how, if you loved it, how did they do the thing that you love? Yes. And if yes. you hated it, what, what, what did they do wrong for yes. you? You know, yes. what wasn't working for you? And, and you might get some ideas about how to do something similar, but better. Right. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. And take notes while you're watching. Mm-hmm. Think after you've watched. Yeah. 
It really, it, it's prompted me. I mean, I do that anyway, I, because mm-hmm. that's kind of all I do. Right? Yeah, Let's yeah. be honest is watch movies and break them down and read scripts and break them down. Um, but it is, uh, it has even made me do that even more knowing that I'm going to have to come and defend my opinions to you. Yes, so. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it has, good. it has made also made me think on a higher level, like not just do I enjoy it or not, mm-hmm. but why? And can I verbalize what's working? Yeah. And if you're going to make movies, you darn well better be ready to verbalize what what you're thinking about yeah. <laughs> filmmaking yeah and i have to say you know just from like a um a career point of view if you're if you're listening to this because you are interested in working in the industry right it certainly doesn't hurt to be able to talk about movies intelligently um yeah i think i think you'll have fun listening to it you the audience i hope so yeah uh speaking of the audience yes how would we like to get them involved? What can an audience mm. member be doing beyond the five-star review and the comments on iTunes? Like, what do we want from our... our- well, I mean, I think we're going to make an effort to um, to announce the movies that will be upcoming, right? So that people can watch them in advance and, and uh, compare their thoughts and ideas about the movies along as they're listening with us, listening mm-hmm. to us. <laughs> yes. Couldn't get that sentence out right, but yeah. Um, so I would love it if people were actually sort of following along and yep. and and watching the same movies we were and having the discussion <laughs> in their own heads. Um, but I would also love it if they would participate in our discussion. Um, I think we're going to try to keep um, keep the Screenplay Lab group, which is my private Facebook group, right. Yep. Uh, open and available for people to ask questions that they might want us to answer yes, or, yes. or to post their thoughts about movies that we've watched and episodes that we've released. Right. So that they can kind of join in the conversation that way. And we can continue, you know, to talk about the movies that we've already seen. Yep. Yep. And I think, um, is, is there any chance that you might be doing coinciding blog posts? <laughs> yes. Thanks okay. for bringing that up <laughs> on my blog. I'm also going to be doing a, um, a related blog post, something, um, probably very craft focused because that's mm-hmm. what I do. Typically yeah, do, yeah. Um, but you know, some sort of screenwriting uh, insight that you that you might take away from some of the movies that we've watched, or like lessons that you might be able to kind of glean from our discussions. I'll try to crystallize them because sometimes sometimes our conversations are pretty, you know, rambling and loose. And so, um, if I can put the put it all into a, a, yeah. a tighter, you know, sort of like here are the things that we sort of talked about and that you might take away from watching these movies. Um, that'll be a good go to place to kind of just get the strict information. Yep. Yep. And I, I can say in all sincerity that your, your blog is a, a terrific resource oh, and I've, you. I've been using your oh, words good. of wisdom to improve my <laughs> pitching. Oh, thank you. You knew that the springboard, I, I, I carry the springboard with me now. Oh, That's nice. uh, a very good, it's, it. it's really good for, for early ideas. Like just like, this is what happens. This is how they react and you can work out details later, but at least you have yeah. the the main outside influences on I think anyway. it's also really useful for um, for breaking down movies that you've seen because it kind of shows you like if you know for for those who aren't familiar there's this the springboard and sequences method and it sort of um, helps you see the big movements the sort of 40,000 foot yeah, foot yeah, view yeah, movements yeah. of a of a story. 
That was um, uh, the, the the pet cemetery did have good springboards for all mm-hmm. that it had lacking in the the uh, character motivation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is just a taste of what the show yes. is like. But uh, you should you should go ahead and listen to the pet cemetery episode <laughs> as well. Um, other ways they can get involved: questions. If you have questions about yeah. screenwriting, if you want our hot takes on films, uh, we will try to get it in the schedule. We're both busy and we only have time for so many films a week. But yep. um, yeah. But they can also open dialogue. They can post questions in the Facebook group and um I understand we have a Twitter. <laughs> we do have a Twitter, and very soon I will start tweeting on it. Yeah, and people can always tweet questions and I would love to be able to answer questions that people have, you know, in future episodes. So Yeah. So uh, please, if you're listening, uh, remember, like the door, the door is open and yeah. this is a, a two way conversation and we want to hear from you, your questions, your thoughts, your own feedback. Yeah. Um, we, this is supposed to be a community thing. Yep. So please, please uh, treat it as such. I think those are the big questions. Any, anything on your mind? Did we miss anything? No, I think that's good. I think that's a, a good overview of what we're hoping to do with the, with the podcast. Then it is my honor, my pleasure, my duty to ring the bell so that we can get into the fishbowl, thereby ending this pilot episode. So thank you all for listening to the pilot. Uh, Do you have a website or something that people could go to if they wanted to learn more about you? Yes, people can find me at writeandco.com. It's W-R-I-T-E-A-N-D-C-O.com. That's my personal website. And, And they can also... Uh, come join our Facebook group, um, the Screenplay Lab. That's the name of it. It's a private mm-hmm. Facebook group. But if you if you ask to get in, I will let you in. Okay, and, welcome, welcome. And they can come and talk about movies with us. And if you want to find us on the web, you can find us at moviesthepodcast.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at moviesthepod. Uh, and those will be active soon. We're, we're still in the process of launching and it is a time vampire. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for, thank you for giving us a listen and we will be back to wrap at you later on. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Please pull a, pull a card. That was a perfect, a perfect episode. What All you right. Got? What's the one movie or show from history you wish you could have been the one to make? Ooh, all right. I got an answer. My neighbor Totoro. That's yours? All right. That's a quick answer. Man. Gosh, I think, you know. When you see it, you'll understand. Like, just how it would speak to my my essence. Okay. Um, You know, I'm going to go with maybe the obvious answer. Taken. The Silence of the Lambs. Okay. That's the one that you talk about as your favorite. Yeah. It's just such, for me, it's such a perfect movie. It's rock solid. Yeah. Like the script is great. The directing is great from my understanding of directing. I just think it's so wonderful. No, no, it's solid. And and rewatchable that that I would have to say that one. Yeah. Okay. My turn. (laughs) We get that one way too much. It was the celebrity stand-in one. Mm. If you listen to the program, you've heard that a dozen. I think we got that one the last time I was on your show. <laughs> I, I believe it. We get that almost every episode. Oh, that's funny. Uh, what, what am I living for? <laughs> what are you living for? What am I living for? Uh, am I supposed to answer first? Do you, sure. What, okay. I don't know. It's your show. What am I living for? I, <laughs> I think I'm living for... Okay. Um, I really... 
I'm distressed by the state of of discourse in America right mm. now. And if there's one thing that I'm living for beyond family and those that I love dearly, obviously, like that's top priority. That's number one, and mm-hmm. that I hope is a given for everyone. Number two is to uh, kind of like open up the dialogue and keep people talking. And uh, if we can close this this uh, gap between this this ever stratifying gap of 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 dialogue. Uh, I'd, I'd be thrilled. Mm. I'd be so happy if we could if we could uh, chop it up with people who are on the other side of the aisle, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's pretty much what I'm here for now. So uh, if that happens, I will walk into the desert, and you will never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I don't think it's going to happen anytime yeah, I think we're soon. Safe. I think we're yep. safe. <laughs> um, what are you here? What are you living um, for? So I think in general, what I'm living for is uh, a greater understanding of people. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of what motivates me in general, just in general. And what fascinates me in general is like, why do people do the things they do? And both good and bad things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of the common thread uh, amongst the things that interest me topic wise, um, the things that I pursue, the things that I study, you know, that's, it's a big one. Cause yeah. understanding people is a huge time investment. Like understand sure. uh, one person is so infinitely complex. Like to mm-hmm. even understand just one is years of knowing them. Yeah. I think maybe I'm trying to understand people kind of oh, in, the cluster, in a, a meta sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, people in, but I mean, categories of people too. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to understand just, you know, certain personality types. Like why, why do they work the way they do? You know? I feel like I should, there's specifics that are in your head that aren't coming <laughs> no, out. No, not really. I mean, I've just noted, this is just something that interests me. And mm-hmm. I think, um, uh, I was having a conversation earlier today about, um, the, the drive to live and how the drive to live for every person is different. And I think that funny enough, it kind of relates to this question. Yeah. Right. And I think for me, for, for other people, it it tends to be experiences or achievements. And I think for me, it's just understanding. And that may sound stupid, but, but there you go. No, I think, I think about the drive to live a lot because so many people are calibrated with 100% drive to live and never think about it. Mm. And it, rare is the person who has a, even a 90% or a 40% desire to live. Mm. But it, it's not on the it's not in the dialogue much. It's not in the zeitgeist. Like people just accept that as a given that we should have a a drive to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Okay. We're done with that one. Oh, it's me. Yeah. It's your turn. All right. I'm allowed to ring too. (laughs) No, because I know where that's headed and we don't need that. Oh, here you go. What'd you get? You can get rid of one thing you hate about the world. But you have to give up one thing you love. What do you choose? All right. And no cheating. You don't get to pretend <laughs> that you love Damn it. chickpeas more than anything else in the All world. Right. So what? So I have to go first? Is yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is my show. You have to go first. <laughs> okay. Get rid of one thing I hate, but I have to get rid of, uh, give up one thing that I love. Okay. So I would get rid of racism. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's the thing I hate. Okay. <laughs> um, and the thing that I love that I give up in order for that to happen is pizza. Uh, okay. First of all, I'm calling you out. <laughs> 
First of all, what? That's not an even exchange. No, 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 no. You don't know how much I love pizza. No, 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 no. No, I, I don't believe you because if you recall, when we were in the early days of discussing movies of the podcast, we were meeting at—is it Atwood or Atwater? In Atwater, yeah. Yeah, Atwater, Atwater Village. Village. Uh-huh. Okay, so every time we were going to meet, I would say there's a gluten-free pizza place. Yeah. And you would reply with, no, not really feeling that. That's not true. I, that's not true at all. At least twice I said, let's meet really? at that pizza place. And uh, you were like, uh, no, that's not really my speed. Do you think it, it might have been the gluten-free part? that? <laughs> they also have glutened pizza. They have regular pizza, too. But uh, after that, I, the whole time I was like, okay, I get it. She just doesn't like pizza no, but doesn't want to. I love pizza. I eat pizza as often as possible. That is not true because you had multiple <laughs> opportunities to get pizza with me and true. you turned... I don't think that's true. Do you want me to load up the, the, <laughs> the, the thread? Yeah, because I don't think that's true at all. It's absolutely true because I, 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 I don't get to eat pizza much because I'm gluten-free. <laughs> Got it. So I was very excited. Yeah. So I, I said it once and you... That's how I remember that conversation you, I, going. I said it once and you turned I, it down. Let's, let's get the tapes. Let's okay. break out the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, I'm going to... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust you. Okay. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to respect you as a peer and believe that it was just, you might not have been in mood, in the mood for pizza those days. All right. Okay. Um, wow. That escalated quickly. I apologize. (laughs) So what's yours? What's what, what What do you hate and, and love? What would I get rid of that? I hate, um, what I, ah, I'm conflicted about racism and Mm. here's why are you getting, are you getting rid of racism from today forward or from all of history? Today forward. Okay. I don't think we can change the past. Okay. Um, what would I get rid of that? I hate, I might be with you there on racism. I think that is such a colossal block, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't want to limit it to just racism. Like the religionism is Mm. in there Mm. and sexism is in there, but any, any of that marginalization of other, Mm -hmm. we could, we could easily do without, uh, what's the one thing I would love? What do you give up in exchange for that? You, something that you love, you have to give it up. Is it, it's one thing that I love, but not the thing that I love the most. It's yeah. just, okay. That's, well, I, I didn't write the question. But. Yeah, no, no. It's, <laughs> you have to give up one thing you love. It's not you have to give up the thing you love the most. Because mm-hmm. if it was swinky, I would be conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's think of something else that I love a lot. <laughs> sure. uh, Running. Running? Uh, I could, I could, cause then I can get a bicycle mas- a machine. Yeah. I could, I could write if I was not photographed. Sure. Like all of those are, are immediately supplementable. Mm. Um, yeah, there's nothing that replaces pizza. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> the way I like, what do I love? I, and am I ready to give up Swinky to end, <laughs> to end fascism racism. to end? <laughs> yeah. I would, am I allowed to kill myself immediately afterwards? Sure. Okay, yeah, done. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> so yeah, so give up Swinky, fascism disappears, yourself. and yep. I'm still allowed to kill myself yeah. if I'm miserable enough. There you go. Okay, cool. Last one, <laughs> let's do one more, and then we'll, we'll shuffle off these dialogue coils. Uh, oh, what, would, what villain would you like to be, and why? Gosh, I don't know any villains. Um, oh. um, well, I don't want to be Hans Gruber. I don't want to be the Joker. Hans Gruber, he's so cute. He loves them bearer bonds more than anyone. Who's a good female villain? Oh, oh maybe I would be Glenn Close. I would in, be Glenn Close. Just in life. <laughs> yes. yes. 
No, I would be Glenn Close in... Uh, As Cruella DeVille? No, what movie am I totally Devil blanking Wears on? Prada? No, the one with Michael Douglas where he has an affair. Fatal Attraction. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's I'd fair. Be, I would be Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction because she is crazy and a killer, but she looks like she's having a lot of fun. That's the thing about the <laughs> villain. They're having the fun. Who would I I mean, be? it's... it's it's crazy fun. Yeah. It probably doesn't feel that fun to her except when she's, when she's, you know, going out dancing, but you get to go big. Yeah. The villain gets to the villain. Yeah. Everybody remembers the villain. The heroes are so milk toast. Uh, who would I be if I was a villain? Um, well, who was I thinking? I think like Ursula would be fun. Mm, okay. That's, that's a, that's a, like a big flashy part to play. I don't know. I've like the Joker has been reinvented so many mm-hmm. times. I, I'm a little, I'm a little, I've got Joker fatigue, I believe mm-hmm. is the medical term. Yeah. Um, other villains who's good. Fred Krueger. Oh yeah. But who could ever do it better than Robert England? Yeah. This is such a, like, like I'm, the, my answer is so like half-assed. I would love it if you would ring once and we find okay. a better one to end on. Cause okay. that was, then that was the perfect sound of the ding for <laughs> such a, such a right. lame answer. Go with All right. Here. Oh, I'm closing my eyes this time just so there's <laughs> extra mystery. What'd you get? Oh, what oh. inspires you? That's a much better one to end <laughs> on. What, what does inspire you? Um, gosh, what inspires me? Um, do you feel inspired? Yeah, I okay. think I think what inspires me like in in work, oops, in work or in writing mm-hmm. is um finding like emotional truth, right? Like when you when somebody tells you a story that you're like, "Oh, I see I see the emotional truth in that story. Yeah, I relate yeah. to it and I understand how that's working from like, uh, you know, from a character point of view and character motivation and how that creates the story. I really love that. That inspires me. When I'm playing video games, especially RPGs, like every, everything in any video game is governed by math. And when I get bored in a video game is when I feel like I've seen the math, when I can see the mm-hmm. spreadsheet instead of the the artifice on top of it. Yeah. So like, that's like what you just said. But mm-hmm. for people, when you see the, the DNA strand yeah. and you can read it as the, the, the strand instead yeah. of the... And I like being able to like see the math of a story too. Yeah. So I think that inspires me when you sort of like pull apart the engine and put it back together. You're like, I know how that works. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I see what they did there, you know, to make that work. So that, that inspires me. I mean, that's what inspires the, the work that I do. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're looking for a, a source of inspiration, right. What, what makes me feel like inspired to work on something or what, where do I get ideas? If that's the question, um, I think, uh, magazines, (laughs) That's why that's why all your scripts are are quizzes about are you popular or shy. All of my scripts are listicles. <laughs> no, but I mean I, I actually really like reading magazines that are from that are that are on topics that, that I don't care about or have yeah. any interest because I think sometimes you read things and you're like, wow, I never knew that was a thing that people were thinking about yeah, or yeah, caring yeah. about or writing about, you know, or whatever. So, um, I don't know. Oh, was that, was that sexist of me? The joke what? I made about the quizzes? Listicles? Yeah. No, no, you made the listicles <laughs> joke. That was better. My, my mind went to like 17 or Cosmo or something where they have those no, tests. That's fair. Okay. That's fair game. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I was sexist. Uh, what inspires you? 
Uh, nothing. <laughs> no, what inspires me? Potential. Whenever I see potential, I think that's the most beautiful thing in the world. Uh, yeah. Somebody who's, who's got like a, 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 a desire to express an idea that they haven't expressed yet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's potential. Mm-hmm. Or when, when I see like a, a team making crappy films, that's potential. Like there's, there, there's better coming soon mm. from those people. Yeah. And I love, I love the, the, the idea, the feeling of better coming soon Yeah, and, and then seeing it get realized. That's a key component. If it doesn't get realized, then, <laughs> then it's my attention wanes quickly. Uh, that's right. a good one to end on. Sure. Let's do some outro music. May Can, we? Yes. Can we? All Please. right. This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl, and I have been Jesse Kester. I will continue to be Jesse Kester. If you enjoyed what you heard, please check us out at hollywoodfishbowl.com or on Instagram at hwfishbowl or on Twitter at hwfishbowl. But it's not about us. It's about our guest, (laughs) Naomi Beatty. Mm -hmm. Where can our listeners find out more about you? On my website, mm-hmm. writeandco.com. I'm having the strangest deja vu right <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, yeah, that's a good place to find out all about me. All right. Anywhere else? My Facebook group, Ooh, Screenplay Lab. Exciting stuff. <laughs> and on our new podcast, Woo-woo. Movies, the podcast. Yes, it's a very good one. And um, <laughs> we're in Halloween episodes, so enjoy those. Yep. There's a little bit of music left. What? How can we bullshit our way to the very end of this song? <laughs> and coming soon on our mm-hmm. Movies the Podcast, uh, adaptations. Ooh, ghost sounds. Ooh. <laughs>